1: Hey everyone, the show is entirely financed and made possible by patrons who are listeners like you who choose to go to patreon.com/thephius Club to help out with the show financially. If you enjoy the show, if you think it brings something to your life, if it brings entertainment or a little bit of uh, perspective, please do consider going to patreon.com/thephias Club and uh, seeing if the supporting is for you. And the link is also in the show notes, by the way, if you don't know how to spell that out. Thank you so much to those who already do support the show and on with the actual episode. Hey, everyone, this is the Phileas Club, episode number 137. We are in November 2019, and we're going to be talking about the UAE space program, the impeachment proceedings, and strikes in France. What else? And demonstrations, of course. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phileas Club, a show where we get people from different places in the world, different cultures, different backgrounds, and talk about the news to give you different opinions and views on what's happening around our lovely blue planet. My name is Patrick Beja. I am in Finland. I'm originally from France. It is currently 3 p.m. for me, and I'm very happy to be joined by someone we haven't seen in, I, I don't know, two years, Mahmoud? Is it? That yeah. long? Something like that. Oh, I'm thinking more like three years. Three years. Wow. Well, thank you for coming back to the show. You're in Dubai currently? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm in Dubai, yes. It's 3, 4 p.m. for you? It's 5 p.m. 5 p.m. So we're roughly, yeah. you know, that's roughly equivalent. Um yeah. Thanks for, for being on. And we also have another co-host who has been up since i guess before 5am because it's 5 now for him in las vegas which means uh, obviously he was uh, partying all night and just came from the sh- from like a casino um straight to the show gunner how's it going
0: yeah I'm very very well. Uh, it's been many moons since one of those things. I am getting up from an evening asleep, but uh, we did go out for a lovely dinner past our normal bedtime last <laughs> night. So, we're trying. We're trying. So
1: you're in that phase of your life, yes. which I I know yes, very indeed. well. <laughs> um so I we're going to have a bunch of interesting discussions. Uh some of them might involve how uh certain impeachment proceedings are going, <laughs> which I suspect, uh, are actually less eventful than some people would hope for. But that's how impeachments go. But um, we'll we'll discuss yeah. that in a little bit. We'll also discuss uh, strikes and demonstrations in France and even in Finland. Uh, so as I joked before we started recording, what else is new? Um, but uh, in Europe... <laughs> But let's start with the one that has the most uh, jittery connection. So let's take advantage (laughs) of the stability while we have it. Uh, Mahmoud, what's happening in the Middle East and in Dubai? Tell us everything.
2: Uh, Okay, well, since you said Dubai, uh, I'll I'll go with the Dubai story. Uh, uh, We discussed earlier before I came on the show that I'm not going to do anything uh, up, you know, political or upsetting, because all news is upsetting. So I'm sticking <laughs> to some light news. <laughs> you know, I, I had enough of that. Uh, those who listen to the to me on the show know exactly what I'm talking about. So it's always some horrible terrorist attack when I'm on. <laughs> so hopefully nothing happens today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the, um, the main story for me here in Dubai is uh, uh, the United Arab uh, Space Programme. Yeah, uh, it's the first Arab country to have a legitimate space program and actually have an astronaut in, um, on the International Space Station. About a month ago, he came back, and now they're going to prepare to launch uh, a probe to Mars in uh, July, twenty twenty, which is something unprecedented here in the Arab world. Uh, that's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. I, it makes I, I had no I idea. Had that yeah,
1: that's very oh, cool. really. Yeah, yeah, no, I I hadn't yeah, heard but, about this. To, yeah. to be fair, I don't keep up with the news very closely. Uh, but yeah. so the uh, the that space program is uh, UAE specific, or is it more broad across the Arab world?
2: No, it's it's UAE specific. It's it's very UAE. Uh, okay. They tend to make a point about that. <laughs> it's only that. <laughs> right. Yeah, they they, they they like to to be and rightfully so called uh, number one in everything. So they try to be, uh, you know, uh, achieving uh, whatever they do alone and uh, making a big fuss about it. Uh, um, uh, that's why I was surprised you didn't hear about it because the amount of media and publicity around this stuff is staggering here in uh, in the region.
1: I'm sure it was mentioned here. That's interesting. Here and there, I haven't heard but... anything here either. Oh well, yeah. there you go. See, it's not just me. I feel a bit less uh, dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for well, being actually, dumb when, with when, me, Gunnar. Yeah,
2: when I was preparing for the show, I got I got some the news from uh, the Washington Post. So you know, okay. <laughs> it, it it gets around the news, you know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So it, it's it's a very 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 uh, how can I say uh, good thing uh, amidst all uh, the turmoil and unrest and wars and. And all of that, somebody, uh, you know, aspiring to to, to to space and actually achieving it, uh, you know, I, it makes me kind of proud living here in this country.
1: Yeah. So I can't remember if I mentioned uh, in the intro, but you're originally from uh, Jordan and you're, yes. you've been living for a very long time in... Uh in the UAE, in Dubai?
2: Know, not a very long time, around, you know, six, seven years now.
1: Right. Well, okay. Uh, ever si- I, I've always known you to be in the UAE. For, so for <laughs> yeah, yeah, me, yeah. it's been forever, <laughs> essentially. Um, well, I
2: think the first time we actually talked, I, I think it was 2013, 14, something like that.
1: So, oh, so wow. maybe, yeah. Not that uh, long. Um, so the space program, I, I, is it seen... That's the the issue you're mentioning how inspiring it is and I think that's always the value in that those kinds of programs certainly it has been in the past and I've been watching on Apple TV Plus for all mankind and I've been watching on Netflix mm-hmm. the uh the, the there's a Mars docu docu drama um trying to show how it could happen the Mars colonization um and and what is very clear uh, from both those shows is this is not necessarily, it it is about exploration, but it could be seen as a waste because it costs a lot and you don't really get anything directly immediately. Of course, research trickles down to the uh, practical uses down the line. But I I guess the question I'm asking is, um, is the public in the UAE seeing this as a necessary thing or the pride is so big that uh they're rooting for it or are some people saying we should be spending money on other stuff
2: no 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 no! absolutely they 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 they're very ecstatic about it they can't believe it Mm. Uh, it's one of uh, you know the most things they're proud uh, of and uh, the the government here makes it a point this is not about you know going to space this is about building a nation Through the space program, training scientists and technicians and getting, you know, young students interested in science. It's never been about actually putting like a satellite or shooting, you know, firing a rocket up there or anything like that. It's about what goes the capacity building about uh, around it, Uh, mobilizing the whole country, engaging all of the school uh, students and children in the country. uh, You know, when they because when they grow up, they're the one who's going to lead uh, and they make this point very, uh, very clear. Uh, it's not about wasting money. It's about not about uh, being the first. Although they will say it when, when they do it, being the first. But what they emphasize is this is about building a nation, not building a rocket or sending a man to space. Yeah.
1: It's really funny because we have such a specific image about the Arab world and. A, a certain view. I think we were discussing this when we did the episode about uh China in Africa, and we touched on the views that the quote unquote colonizers have of those places. <laughs> even when they mean well and even when they want to help, the the view is different. It's shifted. It's it's uh colored by decades of history uh and culture. And yeah. when you say I'm this yeah. And, and and the media, I guess, as well. But even that, you know, the view is is shaped by how we think about things. I, we were talking about some things in that episode, which I encourage listeners to go back and listen to. It's it's from a couple of months ago, um, and and the way uh, the Chinese approach Africa is just very factual, matter you know, business like, and the way we look, even when we want to help, it's very. Uh, uh, I don't know well, go back and listen to it. You'll understand what i mean, but here the 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 way I look at this is I'm reminded of something that um that Turkey was saying in a couple of episodes, you know when we talk about how the Arab world in his case saudi arabia uh is evolving culturally, he was saying, you know a few decades ago it was the the country was tribal, and there were Almost literally, it was people living in tents with camels, and the the yeah. the uh, leap uh, societal and technological leaps that they've had to do and that they've done in a few decades is staggering. And when you say this, maybe it's because of where I'm from, although I I was born in the Middle East, but uh, uh, I, I I think oh my God, what an achievement going from uh you know a tribal society to sending people in space in such a short time is that something that part plays a part in the in the pride or is that something that when i say oh, it you're okay, going yeah. yeah, you're going to shit sure, in my sure. face and, and go like you
2: no no, no 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 and like, for the united arab emirates it's, it's uh, more of the things than saudi arabia because uh, saudi arabia also you know
1: uh, uh,
2: can you speak a bit some...
1: closer to the mic please we're having a hard time oh, okay, sorry
2: I put the phone down, sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, I was saying it's, it's more the case for the United Arab Emirates to be proud of going in such a short time from, you know, what, what you said, the desert and the tents and the camels to space, uh, more than Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia uh, is, is uh, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'll try not to offend any listeners from Saudi Arabia, but Saudi Arabia is, is a very extreme case in the Arab world. Saudi Arabia does not represent what the Arab world is about, and everything that you think of uh, as being negative uh, about the region is mainly Saudi Arabia, not anybody else.
1: I, I'm, <laughs> uh, sure, I'm sure you're gonna, not going to make any enemies at all saying this. Uh, it's right. Uncontroversial right. opinion.
2: It's a non fact. It's a, a lot. I spent a lot of time in Saudi Arabia and uh, traveling for business and such, and. I'm not talking about the people, you know, the people are everywhere. You find the good and the bad. I'm talking about the society and the government and, and the politics and what happens and uh, the image in the West about what, what's the Arab world? So uh, women in veils, that's, you know, uh, against their will, that's Saudi Arabia. Women not allowed to drive in, that's only Saudi Arabia in the world, not just in, in the Middle East. So Although it's changing, but very East,
1: slowly, yeah.
2: It's changing, but some will argue it's not for the right reasons. It's changing for for something else. (laughs) The intention behind it is is not a good intention. It's it's Uh, changed. But, you know, let's not dwell on that. I'm I'm sure people (laughs) will not like to hear what I have to say about that (laughs) subject.
1: So, Um, getting
0: back to the UAE, yeah.
1: Uh, I just, Gunnar, you wanted to ask something. Go ahead. Yeah, I was,
0: I, I was wondering if I could ask a question. I'm just, I'm looking here. I'm fascinated by this, and I'm seeing that the average age of somebody working on the UAE's Mars mission is 27, which fascinates me. But yes. the idea of, um, you know, building a nation and not building a rocket. Uh, in in the U.S., I'm just relating this back to when, when the, you know, we were had the Cold War and it was let's go to the moon and we got to, you know, beat the Russians. And there was a lot of uh, unrest in this country at that time in terms of civil rights. And part of the message of those, uh, the Black Power movement at the time, was why do you have so much money to waste on this program and you can't do anything for our community? Um, having that message and coming at it from this way just seems like a very smart way. I'm just wondering, um, how, you know, how is that being perceived in this idea of uh, that it's really a useful mission? That is doing this and so is, is it really you had said that everyone's proud but are, are there is there messaging you know coming from the government and is everyone talking about this or what is it like
2: okay so the situation here is very different
0: you, the united arab
2: Emirates has a booming well not, not a booming economy a slowing economy but it's one of the richest countries in the world mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. money economy uh, jobs, relatively recently, people, people have been raising their voices about locals. I mean, not expats, locals about finding jobs. But everything here is covered. The society is very uh, well taken care of by the government. They have mm-hmm. nothing to complain about. And they, they say it, we have nothing to complain about. This is what they ask for. More achievements, more uh, advancement. Uh, put us in the ranks of the first world. So when UAE compares itself, it compares itself to the first top five countries in the world, in any sector, whether it's health, economy, trade, whatever. So, uh, and uh, the divide or the gap between what you imagine the Arab world is and what UAE is, is like the gap from here to the moon, staying on the topic. Uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people, you know, you know have the stereoty- stereotypical idea of, Desert camels, tents, uh, people in certain clothes, maybe well, having a th- on think, that side.
1: You to, know. I, I'll push back on that a little bit. In the case of Dubai, partly because there have been so many movies showcasing the skyscrapers in Dubai, I don't <laughs> think that's quite the image we have anymore. Or at least it's, it's not it, it's not for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would
0: agree with you, Patrick. When I mm. think of Dubai and what I know about it from friends who travel there and I will fully admit it's a lot of engineers who are going on building projects so I'm hearing about the most extreme and the biggest and the craziest things being built yeah. and
1: um, you and know, the, the vacation ideas, like, destination to, like tourism yes, has yes. become huge with by the way questionable uh, questionable employment practices for non-nationals mm-hmm. but yeah
2: mm. uh, I, sure and maybe in the construction business for, for manual labor it's certainly the best in the Gulf region. Mm. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> you know, the, worst, <laughs> the worst being a, a, a place like Qatar, where uh, they're building the, the World Cup stadiums right now. And mm. you know, everybody knows about the conditions there. It's, it's far better here. Uh, but for everybody else, it's, it's a comfortable life. It's, it's uh, for expats and for lo- locals more so. But expats, uh, I'm personally very happy. Interesting. Uh, I, yeah. I, I could never have uh, achieved what I achieved here, uh, here in Dubai and back home in Jordan. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different story. So I'm telling you it's it's a rosy picture and it's it's believable here in Dubai and the UAE to to, uh, to a big extent. There are some downsides, there are some criticisms that uh, one can talk about uh, but when, uh, when you're talking about the story I'm talking about which is the, the space program and Putting a man in space and now sending uh, a probe to Mars—it's it's something that makes me really happy. You know, being mm. from this region and and living uh, through all the wars and the turmoil and uh, all the bad stuff. So you know, something something nice to talk about for a change.
1: It certainly—I can—we can hear it in your voice, and that's—you uh, promised yeah. a positive story, so thank you for that. Oh, yeah. it, it certainly feels. <laughs> Positive. <laughs> um, yeah, so
2: I, have, look, I have another story that I can go like in passing, like. Said. Okay, go ahead. Uh, and it's about Jordan this time, not about me. Uh, uh, it's about music. How do you guys feel about Coldplay? You like Coldplay
1: or do you hate Coldplay? Sure, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's Coldplay. It's music. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, music. It's, it's like, it's the nickelback of, I know, Britain or <laughs> <laughs> Let's
0: not do that to them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but uh, Coldplay uh, launched uh, their new album. Uh, I call, it's called Daily Life, and uh, it's a YouTube original actually. And they streamed they streamed the whole album. Uh, I think a couple of days ago, live from you know my home city, from Amman, Jordan, uh, very near to where I used to live and uh, where, where I grew up. And you can find the the, the the entire stream on YouTube, I think, but it has it has to be YouTube Prime. I'm not sure if it's on normal YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's uh, for me. I like I'm I'm I i do not hate Coldplay, but I don't love Coldplay. Uh, some music from them I like, some I don't. This album is is very good. There are some cringy moments, "Lovey-Dovey," uh, "Living Together," please all of that stuff, you know. But It's a good album, and uh, the way they did it, which was surprising, they streamed the whole thing uh, live from uh, the Amman Citadel, uh, which is an ancient uh, Roman uh, slash Islamic uh, uh, ruin in the middle of the city. And uh, they have two sides on the album, one called Sunrise, one called Sunset. They streamed Sunrise at Sunrise and Sunset at Sunset. It was very beautiful. Uh, (laughs) I enjoyed watching it a lot. And they had some, you know, some surprising guest uh, stars on, on on some tracks. Stromae, maybe Patrick, you know,
1: Stromae. Yes, Stromae, the is, French, the French, yeah. uh, the French, yeah. yeah,
2: the French dude. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's on there, and they had some uh, local uh, musicians and singers as well. And uh, I know uh, if you want to see where I grew up, go and watch that live stream uh, for birthday, and, and you'll see my city and my neighborhood. In the background, cool.
1: Yeah. very cool. I I, I guess yeah. we can feel a little bit of pride as well in this uh, in this news. Is it, it like? It, no, I'm I, glad
0: somebody's uh, having. Yeah it's,
2: it's, uh, yeah, it's the first time I've seen uh, you know my, my my neighborhood in this context. And yeah, beautiful. It's what was beautifully shot. The music is good as well. Uh, all of the, you know, warning some cringy moments as I said, but you know, it, it, uh, yeah, it it stirred up some feelings. <laughs> I'm homesick now. I want to go home. <laughs>
1: Listen, I'm. Uh, it feels like I, we should have ended with these uh, topics <laughs> because, like, to lift our spirits after what's happening. Yeah. What the- <laughs> so, thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Mahmoud. Um, we will try to keep that feeling alive in our hearts as we tumble down <laughs> the horrors of about, the rest of the show. We
2: talk about impeachment?
1: Well, oh. so we are going to be talking about impeachment, uh, but just before that, Gunnar, uh, you contacted me. a, a couple of months ago and uh you said hey uh love this show it's awesome it's the best show ever right i think those were the words you used <laughs> pretty much pretty much the words yes <laughs> um but there are a couple of things uh i'd like to add and say and and mention um and i'm glad to have you on the show to talk about these things We're going to be talking about the impeachment proceedings in the U.S., of course. But you also uh, wanted to talk about African-American representation on the show, specifically and in general. I'll leave the floor open to you because I'm very curious to hear what you have to say.
0: Yeah, um, thank you for that, Patrick. Yeah, I think for me, in listening to the show and um, uh, the guest who moved from Sweden and moved to Minnesota, is it Wendy? Yes. Am I correct? Yes. So... um, It was just interesting to me listening to that, especially being someone who grew up in Minnesota and having lived there for 40 years um, as an African-American. And I will just say from the get-go that the African-American experience is much different in the United States than the white experience. I think we're all kind of aware of that, but I don't know if everybody knows just how different that can be. Um, I will also say that I don't speak for everyone, obviously, Um, I, I went to prep school. I did many different things than a lot of the stereotypical experience would be. I grew up in the suburbs, you know, that there's just a lot of that. So I, I will put that just disclaimer out there, but, um, in Minnesota, especially we are just ranked last in the country for the education gap between students of color and white students. Um, we, we are at a point where our students of color are graduating about, 30 to 40% less than, than um, white students are from high schools. So we we have a a real problem right now um, in that respect. And of course that leads to all other kinds of problems. Um, But our like the, the black wealth in the United States is about one tenth of what white wealth is um, on any measure. And even if you look at uh, African-Americans or blacks that have college degrees, You're talking only about 70 percent of white wealth. So we still have a lot of systemic um, issues that affect the black experience uh, in our daily lives more so than some others. So uh, for me, writing in was about um, just saying, hey, you know, I love the perspectives that you're getting, but I think you're missing an important perspective and one that may uh, tell a different story, which which is where I come from um and why i wanted to contact you and just to say that if you look at things through that lens and you live in the world i do life is very different from um you know what you hear uh from others um you know no matter which side of the political spectrum they're coming from it is still going to be different
1: I think it's it's a, a you know this show is all about having different perspectives. So I'm very glad that you did write in and we you know uh, we talked a little bit and decided to have you on the show. Um, it's interesting to me as uh, the one producing and hosting the show because I I realize these things are important and I I try to have as many. Uh, different perspectives as possible. And my my main concern at the moment is the um, women's perspective, which is more yes. difficult to achieve than I would like. And this show and the last few shows have been an example of that, but I try to do it in, in every show I do. Um, if you're a, a woman listening to the show and you'd like to be on, please let me know because I'd love to have you on as well. But it's also... Uh, uh not i hope people don't and you gunner personally don't don't take this as uh a negative sentiment because it certainly isn't i'm very glad to have you on but it's there's also the fact that i try to have women on i try to have people from different backgrounds and there's mm-hmm. always someone who doesn't feel represented probably because they aren't um you know I, I i think about of course people of color in the us people of color in other regions people immigrants uh uh we don't have enough um arab voices from france for mm-hmm. example it's a big community i think about uh people of different sexual orientations we have very few gay people on the show or maybe they they didn't uh make it uh clear right. that they yeah. were if they were on you know all of those things and so it's kind of a feeling of this is my perspective on it. I'd like to plug all those holes, but it's really difficult. But the, the, the bottom line is not something, oh, you can't do it everything. Like, you, you can't please everyone. That's not how I'm coming at it from. It's, it's Well, it's cool that people like you uh, check in and, and provide us with that perspective that is missing. So, again, thanks for, for being on. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that and, said. To, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 please. That said,
0: keep I, would, keep I was just going to say, that said, um, th- where this ties in for me and to get us to the lovely topic of impeachment, because I know we all just want to talk about that again. <laughs> it's been so fun. Um, I, I t- let me tell you. But uh, if you look at the black vote in this country, um, the Democrats really rely on that in order to win. And in fact, it is, it is part of the reason that, that um, Hillary Clinton wasn't able to defeat Trump in the last election. Black turnout was, was low um extremely low and so i just took a look at and wanted to see and i will fully admit so stop me at any moment i i am currently in the humphrey school uh, of public affairs at the university of minnesota so i i spend all my time in these issues so um i get wonky i'll just say that but uh black vote in 2016 um was eight percent um and and that was the, the kind of where we were at in terms of, of what turnout was and what Republicans could hope for. And that was uh, when there was a higher approval rating uh, overall of, of Republicans in general. Um, George W. Bush, we all remember and love him, right? Um, he had a 14% approval rating with African Americans. Currently, right now, Trump's at somewhere between 8 and 10%. I don't know who that 8 and 10% are. I will fully say that, but... He has between eight and ten percent approval rating among African Americans um, and you know when you when you talk about that and think about where we 're at he is he, he is really managing to take um, communities of color and uh, lower these historically you know the approval ratings amongst these groups don 't change much for Republican presidents but they 're never high and he is he is shrinking those a lot um, which is is going to be interesting in terms of where we're headed in this next election, um, which do gets you think me that to,
1: those communities oh yeah, are, are turning back to Democrats or are they just turning away from politics? I mean, obviously, See, we and this speak is the for interesting everyone,
0: thing, but. right? So this is the interesting thing, and this is where I get with impeachment right now. I, I am so frustrated with the impeachment process, and I really do think at this point we are doing this process not to like the Democrats are doing this process not to remove a sitting president. They're doing this process to uh, swing elections in the next election cycle. Uh, I think we all know, and it's pretty much a foregone conclusion, that we will, uh, we will impeach in the House and we will uh, send the, the case, you know, the Democrats will send the case over to the Senate. Hmm. And when it gets there, he it's will not be die. removed. Yeah, right. And I think what is happening is, is political theater in terms of trying to get as much information out there as we can that could be um, damaging to whether it be to Trump and the Trump administration or to Republicans in general. Yeah. Um, so right now what we're seeing is like, I, and I don't know how where you are, but um, Representative Devin Nunes, who is the ranking member um, on the committee right now that is doing the impeachment inquiry, uh, he has recently been um, <laughs> accused himself. He's alleged by, excuse me, by one of uh, Rudy Giuliani's good buddies who's under indictment. Um, his name's Lev Parsons. He's been accused of having his own meetings with the corrupt Ukraine, uh, Ukraine prosecutor, uh, the Viktor Shoykin or whatever it is, um, while he was on a, a, uh, a, an official visit to the Ukraine, which was taxpayer funded. Which would, in its own right, be a huge scandal if we didn't have a new crazy scandal every day with our current <laughs> president. Um, and and currently, Nunez is saying he's going to sue everybody, and this is you know false and inflammatory. But you you have someone who could, in fact, be a fact witness in the, in the impeachment case, who is the second highest ranking investigator <laughs> on the other side. Um, you know, I mean, he's the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee after after Adam Schiff, Schiff. so. We, we have this thing going on where there is a, a major campaign with every turn of this uh, impeachment inquiry to damage Republicans. But I don't know that the Democrats are necessarily trying to make the case uh, to the general American public any stronger. You know, they're presenting their evidence, but we're at a point right now. Um, and I just looked this up for you. So the latest polls that I was getting were 46 percent are in support of, of uh impeachment and 45 percent don't support it
1: <laughs> it uh, sounds like overall. it's overall it sounds yeah but it sounds like it doesn't really move the needle which i guess is going to be my question as crazy as it might be getting isn't it just noise at this point because everything's crazy it it feels like that seen from here um and i would say that's right <laughs> we which are is, at a point yeah oh yeah no which is crazy the fact that it's so crazy is crazy because it's so crazy. Like it's like, it should be more, but it isn't. And I guess that's the strategy of chaos, which is working. If it is a strategy, I don't know.
0: Well, it's, it's interesting to me. So as, as you say that, and I, I feel the same, like we've just got so much noise going on right now. And I think for a lot of people, they're just like, forget it. Let's just go to the elections. We don't know what's happening right now. It's just too much. And, um, you know, the, the, the latest polls from FiveThirtyEight, uh, they, they, they see there's only 10 to 12% of Republicans that are persuadable. So really, yeah. the Republicans have already decided what they're going to decide. And then when you look at some specific questions they ask, um, you know, they specifically ask, "Did do you believe Trump withheld aid um, until he got the investigation he wanted? And you end up with... Um, 26% of Republicans think that happened. 84% of Democrats think it happened. But then so, if you ask the question of, did he cover cover up any actions in terms of Ukraine, you kind of get the same numbers. And, and even if, even if he did do it, 28% of Republicans think, even if he did this thing, that
1: he shouldn't be impeached for it. <laughs> so like even if he did do the impeachable thing, that he shouldn't be impeached for it. But, okay, right. let's, let's flip it a little bit. Do you think uh-huh. back in Bill Clinton days, I, obviously it wasn't as, you know, it, it was maybe for some people morally reprehensible, but it didn't have consequences in uh, international geopolitics and, and election tampering, right. essentially. But still, if the question had been asked about Clinton, uh, don't you think the the numbers would have been reversed? And that's it, people just vote down the party line? And maybe that's me being cynical, I don't know, maybe it wasn't, or maybe it was indeed less bad, so that's, that explains why. But it feels to me like this is just the same it's always been, just more visible. I think...
0: Yeah, I, it's interesting you say that. I don't think that uh, Democrats and Republicans were as entrenched. And now you have to remember at that time that we had bipartisan support for moving ahead with the, uh, with the impeachment proceedings and with the, the uh, attempt at removal. But that was also a time when we had a little more, um, we weren't so partisan and we weren't so to the extremes with Democrats and Republicans that were serving yeah. as representatives. Whereas right now we have no middle. We do not right, have conservative right. Democrats. Um, you know, there's two or three really in a, a house of what, 550. I mean, you're not you're not you, you just don't have that that space anymore. And with Clinton, remember that the reason he was so the charges that he was impeached for and going to be removed for were not any of the, the sexual stuff. It was the lying and the attempt at covering up. Can you imagine if we tried to impeach our current president for lying? I mean, most of our media here says that he averages 22 lies a day. Mm. Or falsehoods, I guess, is the nice
1: right. way to put it. Yeah, falsehoods. Um, yeah. So how how is the uh, that thing going over in the? <laughs> again, as usual, you represent the entirety of the one subsection right. of your being that uh, you are presenting on the show today. How is the uh, black or African community, African American community, uh, taking this in the U.S.? Uh, you speak for all of them. Go.
0: Right. Yes. Um, No. You know, overall, if you look at African-Americans, they are uh, essentially what we're hearing here right now. First of all, uh, overwhelmingly you're going to hear uh, words I'm not going to use on your show, Trump. Um, You know, it's just we need to get rid of this guy and he's not doing anything for us. And he makes it worse every time he opens his mouth when he talks about um, African-Americans or blacks and says, I've done more for you than any Democrat and any president in the history of this country has done for you. I've made your lives better because there's more jobs and there's this and there's this. And, you know, it's kind of almost, um, I was reading a piece, uh, from an African American journalist who was like, you know, it really almost sounds like the plantation owner, uh, Mm. (laughs) telling you, you know, talking down to you And and those are very inflammatory words, obviously, but that to invoke that is, is a powerful thing. And clearly that author was trying to make a point, um, not one that the Trump administration is ever going to listen to or hear, but I do believe that that sentiment is there. Now, it's interesting when you talk about what it means in terms of the African-American community, because what we're doing right now and what we're hearing and seeing is everyone's trying to figure out what the black vote is going to be in this next election. Do you think I
1: that's going to that, be the determining factor because they didn't come out to vote for the last election and they might this time? Or is it yes, just I mean, one you just had
0: a, No, I, I think it's going to be a very big factor. I don't think it's as big as, you know, we have some candidates like Deval Patrick just got in and he basically got in because he's like, I'm, I'm a better black guy than the other black guys in the race. You know, Cory Booker's milk toast, and I'll give you a little more. Um, and that, you know, that's not a reason to run for president, nor is he getting any support just off of that. Um, I think that what you hear a lot in the conversation right now is what are the African-American voters looking for? And, and people are really trying to examine why Biden has such strong support in the African-American community. And really it comes down to the African American voter spends a lot of time trying to figure out who, where their vote is be- best cast and who can win. So it's not about necessarily who, uh, the African American voter wants, uh, for themselves, but it's about who's the best option that we can get. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. It's calculating how to get the most bang for your buck, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, in a yeah, way. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Mahmoud, is that, you know, the impeachment in general, is that getting a uh, play in, in the UAE or is it like too, you know, oh, uh, are you there?
2: Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear okay.
1: me? Yes, we yeah. can hear you. Yeah, yeah. So is it getting yeah, getting I, I some some headlines? You, or? Uh,
2: it makes the regular headlines, uh, like everyday news. So oh, it's nothing oh, special. No, but yeah, yeah. But, well, the, I'll, I'll give you the general attitude about American foreign policy, presidents, everybody, politicians. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bless yourself. Uh, from this region, we, we we all look at the American American foreign policy uh, the same way. It's bad, okay? Uh, nothing good, yeah, nothing good comes out of the American foreign policy. On domestic level, I can't speak on domestic level. I can put myself uh, in, in American shoes, but I still, uh, you know, I view it from my own perspective. Uh, Trump is definitely uh, maybe uh, the more visibly worse out of the history of presidents you you guys had over there uh, (laughs) in terms of what he actually says. uh, Anybody here will, will say that what Trump says in public, the others said in private or did in private, He's just public about it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, for this current impeachment proceedings and, and, and the whole Ukraine thing, uh, I can see how it's upsetting and morally, morally reprehensible from uh, an American's uh, mm-hmm. point of view. Because uh, if he did this bargaining, the Quid uh, work regarding something that will benefit the, the, the policy or the, the government or the American diplomacy. Not well, personally. the campaign,
1: mostly his yeah, re-election right. campaign. That's the
2: problem. Election. Yeah, yeah. No, but the, what I'm saying, if he did that, okay, but it wasn't for his own personal gain, okay, For but for for, for the administration, for the government, mm. he did something less. Like, and they do, I believe, and everybody here believes, this happens on this level with, with all countries that deal with uh, American foreign policy. Uh, nobody in the United States will say anything. Maybe they would praise him for it. He achieved something for the country, but because he used this to, 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 for personal gain and the general sentiment of resentment for this specific person called Donald Trump is what getting all of this impeachment thing and, and, and this basically war in, in, in the media and in Congress about it. I couldn't Honestly, myself, Mahmoud, I couldn't care less what happens to him. Uh, I don't really follow American, I, well, I, 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 the, the only American politics I listen to is what Justin Robert and has to say. And I listen to, yeah, and I listen not because I want to be informed. I, I just like Justin and uh, he's entertaining no matter what the subject he's talking about. So I listen to his <laughs> politics show as well. Uh, yeah, so, so that's this is how I
1: see it. Let, let me ask you a question then. Um, It seems uh, surprisingly that, uh, at least in your opinion, the Arab world is uh, disillusioned with the American leadership of the world. Is that a relatively new phenomenon or has it always been like this? Because for us, and I suspect it might be the case, but for us in Europe, that disillusionment, we've never been, you know, we've always been critical of the US, of course, and, and that I think is the case for the whole yeah. world. But there is a new level of uh, 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 disillusionment and kind of abandoning the idea that for better or worse, America is the world leader in in, you know, economy. I hesitate to say morals, but like, it's not really the moral compass. It's like, or maybe it is, you know, it's saying what's right and wrong, and yeah. we might be grumbling and and not be happy about it. But usually, it it shows the direction for, or it showed the direction at least for the Western world. Now, in the past few years, it's partly because of Trump, not only, but partly because of Trump, maybe a big part. We're we're looking at this and saying, well, f those guys, like not Trump. America in general, in and what it represents. Of course, we're still buying iPhones and, and watching, you know, Marvel movies. But uh, in in like the sentiment towards America, it's like, okay, fine, you do your thing on on the side. And there are, it's it's the the. Um, realization of a multipolar world where it used to be mainly America and then others. Now there are multiple centers of power in the world. So there is certainly um, disillusionment towards America which is relatively recent. Uh, Mahmoud, would you say yeah. that that's the case as well or has it always been like this anyway and you never trusted the in, Americans?
2: In other world... No, in the Arab world, it always uh, been this way. Maybe uh, the uh, it was disenchanting. Like it was for a week uh, with uh, Obama. What's his name? Obama for mm-hmm. you, the first week after his inauguration, people genuinely believed he was a good guy, and that lasted exactly a week. I remember seeing the first headline. You know, towards you no, know, he's the same uh, exactly one week after his inauguration, mm-hmm. uh, but. In general, it's still the same. Personally, like right now, if you ask me uh, from all the world uh, players on the stage right now, mainly China, Russia, and uh, the U.S., I would have uh, rather have the U.S. leading the world, <laughs> not Russia or China. Uh, and maybe the only thing I would speak uh, uh, in good terms about or, or positively see Donald Trump in uh, is his standing up to China. Yes, it's only an economic level, but it, at least he stood up for, uh, against China. I think China and Russia are a bigger threat to the world than the US, definitely.
1: Okay, so there's still this, maybe it's not a shining beacon, but at least it's the the least bad of the, yeah. the yeah. powerful. Yeah, no, no, i take, we'll take it.
2: Honestly, never. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll never take it too. Be a shining <laughs> beacon. Yeah. It's the enemy you know versus the enemy, <laughs> enemy you don't know.
1: Okay. Right. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, Gunnar, anything to to add before we move on?
0: No, I think, you know, stay tuned. Uh, The Democrats are trying to move as quick as they can. They want to kind of get this done. And uh, the word on the street with that is that, you know, we have we have a Democratic primary. So a bunch of the candidates will have to be back at at Congress being part of these proceedings. So they want to get these senators their chance to be out there trying to win the, the nomination. So they're going to speed everything up. It's a mess. Just stay so, tuned. <laughs>
1: so when is it gonna? Is supposedly going to end? Looks like we may be in
0: the next two weeks, but we just had a Supreme Court, not a Supreme Court, a court ruling from a federal uh, court that said that Don McGahn, um, president, you know, the former White House attorney, that he has to comply with the subpoenas. So we're about to get set for a big round of legal challenges. And if that comes through that, Um, the courts say that uh, Trump cannot use presidential privilege to protect all of his employees, then we could see another round of testimony coming through with compelled testimony from all those witnesses. So we may end up having more testimony when they're trying to close it up. But if they get that window, they will take it. And this will go on into, um, you know, through December and maybe into the next year.
1: Mm. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) In other... Typical uh, disorganization and chaos news, Europe is on strike. Well, not really. Um, <laughs> there is demonstration in France for a uh, law that we don't know anything about yet, but there is probably the most controversial um, uh, uh government reform that has been tried and implemented partially for years and years, and that is retirement reform, uh, retirement, not subsidies, but uh, retirement pay, because as you probably know, in uh, France and in most of Europe, you get when you retire, the government pays a pension, right? That's the word. Um, And it's not always big, but it's big enough that it's a heavy, 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 Uh, I mean, it's the story of uh, pension in the whole world, right? The population is aging and we don't have enough to pay retirements forever. And the people who are reaching or close to or or who are uh, looking towards retirement are unhappy about the idea that they have paid for everyone else's retirement for decades and now they're not going to get theirs. And especially in France, I think it's really difficult to implement those Uh, reforms, because as you know, we are especially uh, combative about any social uh, change. And I think it's one of those things where everyone kind of understands that we need to do something, but everyone thinks that And when I say everyone, it's probably accurate, like left and right. Anytime anything is proposed, then it's probably not done well because they look at how it is impacting them. Or, I mean, it's a very complex web of sentiment and practicality. And usually the way it ends up is when a government attempts to implement a reform, it is considered to be badly implemented. And the entire country goes down in the street, mostly the left, of course, and the militant left. That's to be expected. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear that that is what usually happens. This government, Macron's government, is um, trying to implement a another of those. And the peculiar thing here is that we, as I said initially, we don't have the details on exactly what that reform is going to be. And in spite of that, uh, the protests have already been planned, which I understand might not make sense in, you know, the rest of the world. It quite frankly doesn't make much sense in France either. It's a kind of a weird situation, but it's not that unexpected because we know where the government is heading towards and we know what those who are against these kinds of reforms um, are are demanding and so it makes sense that there would be protests and demonstrations even though we don't exactly know what the uh, nature the substance of the reform is going to be because no one expects it to be things that the people who want to protest are going to be in agreement with, if that makes any sort of sense. And, uh, and the even more exceptional thing is that in Finland, I don't have all the details about this particular strike movement, but the, the postal service is on strike. And when my wife told me, hey, by the way, you know, we might not get mail for a week or two because uh, the post is on strike, I was like, blah. People on strike (laughs) in in Finland? What are you talking about? And it is incredibly rare. I've never heard in in years and years of frequenting the country, I've never heard of uh, uh, anyone being on strike. So this is not like France. Um, But from what I understand, the key issue is that um, the Postal Service was privatized uh, a few years ago, and they are now also wanting to implement a reform with... um, with, uh, uh, salary cuts and expenses cuts and uh the the population the the workers at the postal service are unhappy about this and it's interesting because in a country where me coming from a country where strike strikes are like the the most common common thing in the world uh it it would not have the same impact on me as it does here when it's happening here i'm like oh they're on strike maybe there's something really bad happening whereas in France if it was you know if there's a strike happening I'm like uh maybe something's happening but it might very possibly just be that you know it's Tuesday um so (laughs) yeah that's that's uh the situation the the biggest thing I think now and in the upcoming couple of weeks for uh France and Finland. The strike in France or the demonstrations in France are planned for the 5th of December, which also coincides with the anniversary uh, period of the gilets jaunes, the yellow vests movement. So there's kind of a big uncertainty here on... It might just flare up again. It it had died down a little bit after months um, of protest every week. And it might, you know, uh, just flare up again or it might just be a little spike and then die down uh, again so um yeah that's what's happening in France I guess especially from the US when you look at this you think those French people are crazy but uh I don't know uh, and, and in the UAE, I don't even know if it's allowed to strike. <laughs> or as you said, Mahmoud, everyone's <laughs> taken care of, so you don't have any reason to be unhappy yeah. and go on demonstrations. Yeah,
2: yeah. But, but, in Jor- but in Jordan, actually, it's becoming more like France. Every day there's a strike. Really? Uh, Good uh, for rec- you. Yeah. Rec- recently, the, the, the teachers' uh, union, uh, which is the biggest union in, in the country, and they're recently unionized as well. They, they uh, went on a 12-day strike. And basically, the country grinded into a halt because of it. Not, not, you know, children stayed at home and nobody wants to, to have their children at home. Just please <laughs> send them back to school. Pay, pay the teachers whatever you, they want and just let our children go back to school. Yes, and
1: I agree. Yeah, that, that would be very important. effective. <laughs> yes. I, yes. I, yes. Loving and my kid as much as I do. I, I love him yeah. even more when yeah. <laughs> he's in, in school yeah. during weekdays. Um it, it, it so did they get what they asked for um
2: uh they, they pretty much yes pretty much they got uh, they got a 50 percent salary raise basically wow uh, yes. impressive! Uh, it was a huge demand but uh, the strike came uh because th- they were promised this two years ago and the government did not deliver so they went on strike and oh, okay. uh i think the king uh got involved at the end as well and Directed the government, give them what they want, Mm. uh, stop being silly, because the government was very stubborn with them, Uh, they didn't show any uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, sympathy or empathy with them, Mm. uh, but at the end they got what they want, and everybody's happy now. It's interesting uh, to be... yeah, the, the problem is now every other union is talking
1: about strikes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you don't yeah. negotiate with ter- with uh, unions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's, fun, it's interesting to be a, a French person in the English-speaking world and in the U.S. especially because they, I, I am absolutely for unions, and we talk about this in the gaming world um, a lot, because there are issues with this new industry, and and the way I look at it is just, if you don't have unions, then you don't have a seat at, at the table when discussions are happening as a, um you know, part of the economic forces, and... When when we talk about these things, I, I'm a little bit cheeky and I think maybe we're taking it a little bit far or we're not doing exactly the right way in France. So it's easy to make fun of and I, you know, jump in on the fun. But it's also I completely agree that unions are important. And that's a disconnect, I think, with Americans who see unions <laughs> are intrinsically intrinsically suspect and anti uh you know work and trying to sabotage everything capitalism. you try to do so anti
2: capitalism basically yeah it, essentially not, it affect,
1: yeah. yeah which is interesting because some of the most successful areas of the american uh, economic world are heavily <laughs> unionized and still work very mm-hmm. well gunner is that how how do you when you listen and you hear those stories those horror stories of constant demonstration and strikes in france Is that the way you you look at it or what do you think of this?
0: It it is fascinating to me because the only time we really see demonstration, I mean, in terms that I think of um, is when there is like a police shooting or a major issue like that would be the only time that we would see people in the streets. But for labor issues and things like that, we don't often see unless it is um, teachers so schools are very powerful in that they do, they will walk out and the teachers will withhold their, their labor in order, and nurses. Um, those would be the only two groups where I see it, but it is not that common. So to hear one, that it, uh, that it happens and it's supported by the people ever, um, is, is amazing to me. Uh, to hear that I, the, the union was able to demonstrate and get a 50% raise for their people, I um the the uh, you know american capitalist pig in me almost had a a fainting spell right there
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, let possible, me tell huh? you it's i think it's a function of the specific nature of uh, jordan as a country because i don't think that would happen in france or a- anywhere any other <laughs> yeah. country that i know
0: yeah that's that's amazing hmm. um but yeah it's it's just not something that i see that much um here i can think back to when we did have um, a police shooting and then black lives matter. Uh, they actually went out and demonstrated and they were, uh, they blocked traffic. It's one of the specific ways they choose to, uh, show their civil disobedience and, to you know, put some pain on people to make them look at the issues. Yeah. And if you could see the way that it is, um, received and the way that it it goes down here, when that happens, you know, if traffic gets blocked, It will make all the news uh, and you will have mostly people saying, you know, this was very selfish of them. Why are they doing this here? You know, I have nothing to do with the issue. Um, You know, they need to go protest somewhere else or something. I need to get home or I need to Um, we've even had a couple of instances where if you block the streets and traffic, we have people who just drive through and end up injuring um, protesters because, you know, they feel they should just be able to drive through. And if you won't get out of their way, they will make you get out of their way.
1: So. There, there's there's similar stuff happening in protests in France as well. Most of the time they're, uh, you know, well organized and well. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but most of the time I was going to say they're they're incident free. Things in the past year have been very different. Uh, there are always incidents, but usually. The the big ones try to inconvenience people. That's especially the case for um, public transportation because we use that a lot. And that's the problem is that's the only way they can get heard or can get people to care about the issues. Um, But yeah, there's no easy solution to any of this. So it is kind of similar, but it's interesting to hear that the demonstrations in the US, I guess I knew that, but I never really realized happen for societal issues like black lives uh, lives matter um th- there is however something that this makes me think of and it's the uh writer's um strike a few years ago in hollywood and what yeah. i always what i feel like is that strikes are rare in the u.s but they do happen and when they happen everything stops like everything just grinds to a halt in that industry um and it's it's arduous negotiations and hopefully usually it it works out um it does feel a little bit and and looking at it from the french perspective i'm i'm probably center right i would say uh so take that with a grain of salt but in france it does feel like we're striking and demonstrating all the time which does diminish the efficiency of it um And there's a culture of that in the country, which I don't know how I feel (laughs) about, but um, (laughs) yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was a really interesting uh, couple of conversations. Thank you very much to the two of you for being on the show with me. We'll, we're going to bring this to a close. But before we do, as always, I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell us where we can find you on the Internet. Uh, Mahmoud, why do, your, your Twitter name changed uh, yeah. since <laughs> last time.
2: Yeah, I, I recently changed it. It's uh, now at uh, Hero San underscore eighty
1: three. What is Hero San? Is it like Mister Hero in Japanese?
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. It went from Sanzu to Hero <laughs> All right. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Hero San eighty three. That uh, link will be in the show notes. Gunnar, do you have a Twitter account or something that you want to tell people I about? I do. Uh,
0: my Twitter account is at Cigar Adventures. So I am a cigar guy and
1: that's where you can see my, uh,
0: yeah, anything and everything and you can reach me there.
1: All right. Very cool. Thank you very much. Uh, Cigar Adventures. I will put the link in the show notes as well. Uh, for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm also on, uh, well, the show is at FrenchSpin.com. You can check that out there and comment on the uh, episode. And you can also find Pixels, my gaming show, which is recorded every other week. Um, lots of stuff happening in gaming as well. So you might be interested in that too. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully we will be back with our third And I guess not final episode of the Brexit saga next uh, episode. We'll see what happens there. Um, We might need you, Mahmoud, to come and give us some uh, uh, heartwarming news uh, after that, (laughs) on that episode as well, to lift our spirits a little bit. But we'll see that in a few weeks. All right. Thanks to both of you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back in a few weeks. Bye. Bye.